Hello, and welcome to Jump Cuts, a podcast about movies. My name is Charlie. I am joined by my co-host, Will. Hello. Uh, Park is not here this week. It was his week in town. This week, we watched uh, Power of the Dog, Oscar nominee, a movie about Benedict Cumberbatch, and why is he so mad? Does anyone know? Let's find out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, this was my pick. I'm going to be honest, I picked it because... It was on Netflix, and uh, we hadn't done any of the Oscar stuff yet, and I was like, well, I guess we should do one uh, that will come out after they're over, and the only thing anybody wants to talk about is Will Smith slapping Chris Rock in the face. And not oh, one, yeah. One Wait, one. we got to talk about that before we talk about the movie, can we? We do. Can we, please? We never talk <laughs> okay, about news, we, but this We time. can talk about the movie news, which is Will Smith <laughs> slapping Chris Rock in the this face. This is the only interesting movie news that has ever happened. <laughs> Uh, although Twitter has been really annoying about it. I mean, okay, it's oh, it's, yeah. it's applied a lot of really great images, edits, memes, you could say. Mm. But, uh, man, a lot of people are treating this slap like he walked up on stage and beheaded Chris Rock in front of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> They're acting like he fucking bombed his house in, reta- in retaliation or something. Uh, yeah. Uh... <laughs> It's simply not that big a deal. It's really, we don't... <laughs> it's if, okay. If watching it made you feel anything about, like, violence as a concept, maybe sit this one out. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I don't know, breathe into it, a bag or something. Get try. I like to have a bath when I'm feeling like, like that. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think that's a good call. If you're trying to have a take on what will smith slapping chris rock at the oscars says about american society simply do not do that because <laughs> it doesn't matter that's how it what it says about society nothing there's, <laughs> absolutely nothing there's nothing to all. be gained about this incredibly specific event <laughs> yeah uh. so i you know sometimes people say things that somebody else doesn't like and somebody smacks them and whether they should do it or not, in this instance, it doesn't matter because they're celebrities and they're not real people. And you shouldn't worry about the things they do because they're not so, important. Exactly. Okay. Although, yeah, I do have to say, if, if you make a joke like that at like a party or something, you should probably be ready to get slapped in the face. Right? I think the fear of getting smacked in the face by the person who you are either insulting or their loved one you're insulting is healthy. I think it <laughs> perhaps kind of, good for us. It, it can hold society together to some extent. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, it was extremely funny online for like 30 minutes to an hour. And then Judd Apatow typed something that he didn't need to, and then it's just been downhill ever he since. He could have died. <laughs> what if he did, though? What if it was like, you know, you, you know, you hear those stories about like someone like throws a punch at like a bar fight and it just kills the guy, like in oh, one, yeah. like just random chance it happened to like turn their brain off and just kill mm-hmm. them. What if he killed Chris Rock? With those open hand slaps. Oh, man. Is it messed up that I think Twitter would have been funnier if that happened? I mean, probably. It's it's messed up that that's your first thing you thought about. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, you know, it would be, like, bad at all. I just think that the take machine would not have taken off like this because we all would have been like well he probably shouldn't have killed him <laughs> that's true people, people could have just more, run with the jokes people would be more on the same page if they were like i guess yeah. he shouldn't have slapped him <laughs> it would have unified <laughs> because <American> he died <laughs> oh god well yeah that was the thing that happened at the oscars Oh, one one thing I did learn from this is that, uh, man, really nothing will get me to watch the Oscars. It's, it's not like I'm going to come back and watch them yeah. next year, right? Like, people are saying this is like a publicity stunt or whatever, Like, but nothing will get me to watch an award show that I'm not 
like nominated for personally yeah. <laughs> you know like what are you talking I just, about i don't care <laughs> why would i like i can just look it up later like i do every year like they're not entertaining yeah like it's not like the host is ever actually that funny i the speeches i don't care about the speeches i'm happy for you but i don't i don't know you in the same way that i don't care whether will smith hit chris rock like i i don't i don't need yeah. to hear i don't even i didn't speech. even look up his speech for winning best actor immediately afterwards uh had the potential to be funny. very interesting i didn't watch yeah. that i don't care <laughs> you know like exactly. i don't need to know what his take is afterwards <laughs> i watched the one 20 second clip i saw on twitter and then never watched any more of it yeah because that was just the first one that hit me. People posted the full thing, and I didn't click it because I had already clicked once, and I wasn't going to do it again. <laughs> uh, just in case anyone listening was wondering, how into movies are these guys? Like that's where we draw the line. Yeah, <laughs> so, don't care about awards. <laughs> award shows are stupid. I mean, I mean, they still treat like animated movies like they're kids' movies and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's basically just sort of a factory to give oscars to disney over and over again so it's you know yeah it's whatever it's it it's just hollywood jerking itself off like good for them but i don't really want to watch yeah (laughs) i don't need to see this i'm I'm good (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's the best description of the oscars i could think of i mean that's what that's what award shows that are put on by like the the freaking the Academy of Motion Pictures. What does that mean? Who are you people? That's true. I don't. I don't know anybody who's part of the Academy, and I don't care. When does the Jump Cuts Award Show? We should exactly. do that for like episode 100. We could do like a bracket. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. Yeah, we should have done that at episode 64, so we had a good bracket number. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe maybe 128. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it'll be fine. We'll make it work. Yeah. <laughs> We can have uh, buys for an episode 100 special. Sure. Anyways, okay. The Power of the Dog. It was nominated. It had like 11 nominations. It had a lot. Wild, yeah. That's a yeah. <laughs> It It only won one, which was uh, Best Directing, went to director Jane Campion. Was nominated for Best Picture, didn't win. All Basically, all of the main cast were nominated for actor supporting actor none of them won i don't i don't know who won those categories i know the lady from west side story won best actress although kirsten dunce was nominated for supporting actress for this i could see that she was really and good then, in this movie i mean she did yeah, a great job great. i have no i mean i have no frame of reference for like who deserved to win <laughs> but because yeah, once that... again we saw this and dune and nothing else but yeah uh, i wanted to see uh what was it Macbeth? yeah i want to see Cause... tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah, and that's super watch... cool to see Denzel in that role. <laughs> I yeah. I want to watch that, and I want to watch Drive My Car. Yeah. And I don't care about any of the other Best Picture nominees. That's probably so fair. I'm not going to watch Coda. I'm sorry. I never it sounds, heard it until it won. <laughs> it sounds very much like not what I want to watch, but I'm sure it's good. Yeah. But... <laughs> There's been all sorts of, like, is it a good representation of deafness discourse in the aftermath and Oh god, I, can't I don't do know because I didn't watch it. I can't do uh, another sound of metal. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> can't do that again. But yeah, the movie we did watch, Power of the Dog. I guess I should recap it now, ten minutes into the episode, because yeah. that's what we usually do. Uh sort of an odd recap. Eh, not really. There's a plot. Uh <laughs> <laughs> sort of. So yeah, the our two main characters or our three main characters you have benedict cumberbatch phil his brother uh george jesse plemons the uh the guy from breaking bad as you may know him and kirsten dots uh phil and george uh, kirsten does his character's name rose and she has a kid whose name i forgot <laughs> will will look peter. it up for me while i'm doing this yeah peter that's right yeah. so George and uh, Phil, they have a ranch in Montana. They're both like, they both are fancy lads who went to college and clearly come from money 
possibly ranch money of some kind. I yeah, think that's the implication. They look nothing alike, but they're brothers, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they're brothers because uh, we cast two good actors. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're uh, overly educated ranchers in Montana. And Benedict Cumberbatch, Phil, is a dick. Just a huge dick for just seemingly mean no to reason. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just he's just really mean and nobody uh really knows why. And you're like, wow, they usually make the character that's like this like a lovable rogue, but no, he's just a huge dick. Uh so like, anyways. For the whole movie. And yeah, it's funny that because really change. Literally, I mean like the audience finds out why, but no one else does. No one <laughs> no. <laughs> Dramatic irony, folks. You learned that one in uh tenth grade English. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to that but uh yeah they go to town on their cattle drive doing cowboys shit and they eat at a restaurant that is uh run by rose kirsten dunce and her kid who's yeah. like he's like about to go to college basically he's that age um or is already I thought in he college was... but it's like back for the winter was or is he, he in high school when they send him to like boarding school he's like a teen i think he's going to like a boarding school okay because like I think like studying. I'm not sure how studying for medicine really worked back then. I imagine yeah. you could just like pretend to be a doctor and that was enough. Probably. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I thought it was pretty heavily implied that he was like 15 to 17, sort of. That sounds right. That's how and, old like, he looks. <laughs> later on, it is actually super important how old he is. Very important. Which exactly is what, what his like, age I is. wish we had a hard number because if he was like 20, that would be a huge difference between that and 15, uh, which mm -hmm. we will get into later. <laughs> Relevant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anyways, uh, Peter, he's, uh, he's kind of a weenie and... <laughs> He's the waiter, and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is really mean to him. <laughs> he's super mean to him. Yeah, he he's like uh, he feels like if Four Chan was a person, <laughs> <laughs> but like he's not like saying any like you know racist shit. But he just his whole demeanor, you know. Yeah, there's definitely some f slurs later in the movie, but. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't think it's him though. I think Does it's he like say the it? other cowboys. Oh no, no I, mean, I, mean, I think it's just the other cowboys. Yeah, there's plenty of awful stuff that they say in this movie, but his character, I don't think. Really, yeah, he doesn't say much at all. He's just like very, he has a gamer brain. Is all I'm <laughs> all I'm capable of diagnosing. <laughs> the only he thing, just, yeah, he's living in the Xbox Live party. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> circa 2008. Okay, anyways, the plot of the movie power of the dog um yeah so they they all leave and george hears rose uh crying because his brother was really mean to her son and he goes and comforts her and two weeks later they are married hooray uh george is then. really weird and puts a lot of weird undue pressure on her to play the piano also they send the kid away to boarding school or college one or the other yeah uh some people come over rose freaks out about the piano phil is a dick about it she becomes an alcoholic fast forward peter is back from school uh phil is a dick to him too and then it's like you know what maybe i'm being too much of a dick let's hang out and be nice and they sort of bond uh turns out they're both gay maybe by little unclear but uh they be both definitely like dudes well uh, peter it i think it's more up in the air what his that's fair sexuality is they i i think it's implied but never like hard yeah. confirmed like yeah, it is he, for he could be film. but like just he could i feel like he could very easily just be like asexual <laughs> like with the that's true he's just a very odd like not that you're out of your asexual cut that <laughs> yeah. but, but, no i know what you mean he's not odd because of whatever his ambiguous sexual orientation is he is odd because he's a weird little guy yeah he he, uh, he doesn't express what he wants very yeah. well he, he's some got some kind of spectrum thing going on yeah which i mean and, and also all kinds of trauma because uh, his dad killed himself they talk about that later yeah uh he's you know not in a good place 
Anyways, that's basically the rest of the movie is like Phil hanging out with Peter. Uh, and there's some weird innuendo-y stuff. And Peter is like kind of like flirting with Phil in perhaps a lead-oning manner. Uh, and then Phil gets a cut infected with anthrax and he dies. Did Peter kill him on purpose with uh, rawhide made from a rotting goat carcass? Probably. Okay, that's the movie. Good time. <laughs> that's it. That's we right, all had folks. fun. <laughs> this movie turns into a sort of uh, spy versus spy situation between like <laughs> Kevin Spacey and like one of the Columbine kids. It's uh, <laughs> like <laughs> it literally is like can this guy <laughs> successfully groom this child before he gets murdered by him? That is the story. <laughs> That's pretty much what's going on. <laughs> like it's nuts that this like yeah. I was so. N- Okay, I, I kind of called the fact that, uh, what's his name, uh, Phil was gay when he started, mm. like, he heard his brother having sex with his new wife and then, like, got really mad and then went to go, like, pet the saddle in his, He's like, oiling the saddle, of- oiling the saddle of, like, the shrine to his, like, mentor who died. Mm. <laughs> I was like, hmm. <laughs> This guy may be uh, pent up in some way. And I was right. And I felt really good about that. So points to this movie for <laughs> making me feel smart. But, uh, yeah. It, where was I going with this? <laughs> I, no uh, I, I think perhaps where you were going is that. So this movie. I, I have sort of three broad thoughts about it one it is a vibes movie and the vibes are very bad (laughs) not not pleasant at all (laughs) just terrible vibes intentionally i'm not saying that it is a bad vibes movie it is a movie about having really bad vibes all the time it's a movie about feeling terrible for two hours (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh number two almost nobody in this movie ever clearly states intent so there is a lot of implication and inference going on here. Yeah. So when we say, like, Phil is grooming the kid, he never says, like... <laughs> I mean, that'd be, that'd be weird if he was like, I'm going to groom. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, that would be a weird thing to say just in general. But, like, we are sort of making a leap that, like, what he is feeling is beyond just, like, a empathetic mentor type relationship but i think the movie makes it pretty clear that like he is fighting with something whether he intends to act on it we don't know because he uh, gets murdered but (laughs) yeah but like when he's because because he he only starts to uh like kind of cozy up to the kid once he like catches him bathing right and then when he is suddenly being nice to him out of nowhere. He's, uh, you know, rubbing his hands up and down a taut rope while making prolonged eye contact with this boy. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, uh, hmm. After describing his very clearly sexual relationship with his own cowboy mentor. Yeah, it's... uh, (laughs) I mean, it... And also, I guess I want to point out that we're looking at this from obviously like a very modern sort of perspective right like the concept of uh grooming and like the age of consent in 1925 rural montana pretty different from what it is now but uh this movie was written now and the people you know like the writer knows uh she knows what she's doing right because i think uh the director wrote this too right yeah she Uh, did yeah uh so it's you know, like, she knows what grooming is, you know, <laughs> she, yeah. like, I think it was intentionally depicted as like a sketchy thing to do. Right. Which is uh, really fascinating. Like, it's I've never seen a gay relationship uh, depicted in this way. Although I've heard is there like an age gap in Call Me By Your Name? I haven't seen that movie, but. I think it's I, yeah, less sketched than this. At least. I think they're both uh-huh. adults at the very least. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is like, that's a pretty tough thing to write just because like, that's a, 
a, a very nasty stereotype that is often placed on gay men that they're going to like you know try to quote Groom turn your child gay or like you know you know like that they're going to be uh, like a predator or something right like it's uh a common shitty belief that people have so i was kind of surprised to see this movie depict uh benedict cumberbatch basically doing that and like obviously it isn't trying to like say that make any grand statement about like gay people in general right and mm-hmm. i guess you could look at it as like a sort of step forward of like now that we all know this we can have characters who are gay who do wrong <laughs> in our movie you know yeah uh i don't know i don't have the answers to any of this stuff <laughs> obviously uh-huh. but i just th- thought it was like a fascinating depiction that i was like man i was not expecting hollywood to come out with this <laughs> yeah it's uh it's a thing that if you're gonna do it you you're either doing it in a way that is intentionally offensive to lgbt people or you're gonna really walk a tightrope to yeah i would be very interested that's one thing i might look up after this is like uh what do gay people think of this (laughs) are they Mm -hmm. do they like this depiction do they think that this is like an okay thing to do i have no idea you know like yeah i i don't know and i haven't read anything about backlash around this movie so i as far as i know that was not the reception. I mean, I we were saying earlier, it was nominated for like 200 or nominated for like 300 awards across yeah. a whole bunch of film festivals that yeah. I guess they took it to. But it's hard but, to know like where people are, <laughs> you yeah. know, just because like, I mean, what we watched a movie from like 2000 that had like all sorts of gay slurs for like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, that, that was like 20 years ago, right? Like, yeah. I don't, I have no idea. I'm kind of out of my depth with some of this, but I just thought it was, mm. uh, I don't know, fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> we we are two straight guys that are not the authority on this. If you want a nuanced take on the appropriateness of using this kind of plot line, uh, you're, you're going to have to find it elsewhere. I'm sorry. <laughs> really, man, you are the wrong corner of the internet. <laughs> Looking for that. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Uh, the third piece of this movie that was interesting to me, and then we'll get we'll get into some of the meat of this, is that the the things that happen in this movie are to me a really interesting microcosm, cross section, whatever you want to call it, of a certain set of social political dynamics. Mm-hmm. Where you have all of these marginalized people, or I say all of these, there's there's three of them really, right? Yeah. Well, there's not Phil. that many characters in the <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. there's not that many. The main cast is four people, but like Phil, uh, yeah, okay. So Phil is gay, maybe by I don't know, but he's not straight. Rose, a woman in 1925, and Peter. Just there's a lot going on there uh, that we're not entirely. (laughs) Peter is a child who should be liberated from his parents as soon as he can Uh speak and walk. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) that is what the left wants. Children (laughs) are an oppressed class. Um, (laughs) But yeah, Peter's uh, there's something going on there. Anyways, (laughs) damn Halo. All all three of these people basically spend the movie just going through some sort of horrible ordeal of abuse and psychological trauma Mm. and Phil literally dies. Yeah. And all of it on at least some level is George's fault. And he just has (laughs) no idea what's going on. He's just this straight white guy in the corner who is like not even in the second half of the movie at all. And everything is kind of his fault. And he doesn't understand and he has a it. great time. He's <laughs> like, just overall, having a good time. Yeah. He, it, like he didn't even like his brother who died. <laughs> yep. like, they get back from the uh <laughs> they get back from the funeral and then like his wife is sober again and they're like making out in the <laughs> oh. <laughs> like still wearing like all black from the funeral. <laughs> like he's he's doing mm-hmm. fine. That yeah, the end of the movie is his brother that he didn't really like is gone, and now he just gets to hang out with his hot wife forever. 
yeah. while her his stepkid goes off to college soon. He he kind of just like won by doing nothing, which is uh, how it works, ain't it? <laughs> so well, no, Charlie. He pulled himself up by his bootstraps and inherited a farm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> excuse me, I forgot that part where he worked very hard to inherit a cattle ranch. <laughs> they this is that. It's funny they talk about this too. It's such a brief little thing. But early in the movie, Phil is like roasting George's ass for not being able to finish college because he's a big dumbass. Or uh, yeah. I, I don't know if he said like you didn't finish or he did bad, but he's like you weren't cut out for it. Yeah. And then you get this one really brief mention when they have the dinner with the uh, the parents and the governor of like, oh, Phil was a Phi Beta Kappa or whatever, right? Which is that's an academic fraternity. So what they're saying is that Phil was really smart and did really well in school yeah i mean and the george is the guy in the suit running the show (laughs) (laughs) yeah no he's like really smart and like super good at music like he's actually incredible at the banjo and Mm -hmm. uh seems to know a lot but he's modeled his entire life after uh you know his his lover who died basically yeah who Uh, uh, who probably groomed probably groomed him too and is a sort of pet you know there's (laughs) man we got generational trauma we've got (laughs) They got everything in this movie. Every every social issue you could think of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, There's not a ton here. of racism stuff. There's a little bit, uh, but not a lot. Oh, there is, yeah. Uh, who is it? Uh, Phil is also very racist to Native Americans. Uh-huh. Yeah, which, I mean... This is 1925, Montana. Yeah. They're all going to be very awful to them. That's, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately par for the course. But he yeah. is sort of like needlessly cruel. He like won't even sell like pelts to them just for no reason. Yeah, he just wants to light them on fire. It was weird. Yeah. And I, I guess he's so mad at the end because he wants to make a rope for this young boy. Who's... I was using this rope to groom this boy. Yeah. <laughs> We make a rope for this kid who very vividly described his father hanging himself. Uh, yeah, that's another. That's maybe thing. not the best thing to do. One of the things that like really was a, like some surreal scenes for me that I think were unintentionally comedic were like watching Benedict Cumberbatch acting in a scene where it felt sort of like he's like trying to groom this child but also contending with the fact that the kid is a huge fucking bummer. (laughs) He sucks. (laughs) Like the kid will do stuff and you can just see like the, like disgust on his face. It's like, man, this kid is awful. (laughs) And then the next scene is just like right back to like flirting with him. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, what is this movie? (laughs) Oh, Yeah, very strange. Because Peter really is uh, just a bummer, man. Yeah. And it's, like, not entirely his fault. He's obviously been through a lot of shit, as we have said, but doesn't seem fun to hang out with. Yeah, needed uh, kinds of therapy that literally did not exist yet. (laughs) Yeah. At the time. Yeah. If these things happen to you in 1925, you're just doomed to be a weirdo forever. Yeah, well, yeah, and he's, like, mutilating animals and shit, and, Mm -hmm. like, the red flags are there, but I I guess back then it was, I I guess maybe, I could see maybe you wouldn't pick up on it as easy, just because, like, I mean, you had to clean clean animals all the time back then. Everyone did, Mm -hmm. probably, right? So, I guess it wasn't, like as much of a red flag as it is to us watching it now and it's like that's like a really common like watch out for this kid thing if he's like yeah capturing rabbits and bisecting them <laughs> you know like uh yeah needless felt... animal torture is like sociopath red flag number one <laughs> yeah and uh you know later on we see him going to find the like it's all in like in the name of him being like a doctor or whatever which i guess is a good cover for like what he's doing (laughs) you know but Mm -hmm. he uh you know him going to find the the cow to like cut off part of it that was really gross by the way (laughs) but uh that i was uh there are a couple scenes and scenes in this movie where like 
the movie overall is like really tight, you know, really tightly written. Everything locks together. There's no scene that doesn't have any some that doesn't have some meaning later on or moves the story forward for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you can kind of tell like uh, a lot of those scenes alone can be just like a little like boring or weird. Like they like pause near the beginning to be like, oh, you got to watch out for cows getting anthrax. That might come up at the end of the movie. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right. And then it does. Right. There's a lot of stuff like that. That's like, uh, this scene will be exciting in an hour and a half <laughs> <laughs> sort of stuff. What I'm trying yeah. to get at is this movie. I wasn't super hype the whole time. It's a really slow sort of burn here. <laughs> uh, it really, I think it kind of plods along through all of these puzzle pieces. And then, like you said, they, come together in the end and like there's like elements of it sort of feel like a a mystery story right of like Mm. if you if you were watching this very attentively you're probably trying to piece together like why does any of this shit matter (laughs) where is this going like what what is the story (laughs) doing because nobody really has like a objective right there's no quest here nobody is trying to accomplish anything other than uh not driving each other completely insane i would argue peter is trying to accomplish something but we just don't find out that he's even trying to until like later in the yeah that's that's fair but yeah and then i I, I mean i guess phil is trying to groom the kid that sort of comes up but yeah there's no like grant especially the first half like the only thing keeping me watching is like, oh, I wonder why, I wonder why Benedict Benedict Cumberbatch is such a dick in this movie. Like, <laughs> you know, like why is he so mad? Are we gonna find out? And that's like the whole. That's it. That's all that's happening, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's 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 like a weird because it feels like a mystery where like all none of the characters are trying to solve it. Slash, they already know why. Yeah. Right. So it's just like information that's hidden from the audience. Right. But mm-hmm. which I think is maybe part of why this movie wasn't as exciting to me as maybe it could have been. Cause it's just like, it is so almost like nightmare slice of life going on. Right. <laughs> just like, uh-huh. what if things were really bad and with no real goal? <laughs> and it's like, okay. Yeah. Because I spent the first half thinking, I was like, is this going to turn into some horrible tragedy about Kirsten Dunst drinking herself to death? Uh, and it's not almost. <laughs> really almost, I guess, but like that's not yeah. really what the movie is. It's like, I I didn't feel gripped until sort of the final act I was spending a lot of time looking at my phone. <laughs> I was like, all right, we're just we're vibing along. It was, and then yeah. like in the in the final part where it's like Benedict Cumberbatch and the kid hanging out, seemingly being nice to each other and getting along, while really really sinister music plays, and I was like, something terrible is going to happen. Uh, and then I guess it does. Uh, but. Yeah, it, the the first half of the movie, it was like watching season one of The Office. <laughs> this is what yeah. this felt like to me. This like, it it feels like cringe humor, and it's not a funny movie, but it is just like he is being such a dick, and it's so uncomfortable that you like. I was like kind of like laughing in like that off put break the tension way to myself while I was watching yeah. it. I was like, this is really weird, man. What's going on? Yeah, it's like it's like when a couple is like slowly breaking up at a party, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You're just like, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't be here. I yeah, give you like it's like that kind of feeling. <laughs> it's like y'all should just leave instead of doing this in front of everyone else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's ugh. it's painful. And it's supposed it to be. That's what it is. Yeah. It's just like, like it's Benedict Cumberbatch making 
Rose feel like shit until she becomes an alcoholic, therefore setting up the kid that he's maybe probably grooming, uh, murdering him to save his mother, save his I guess. Which but, like, works. Also, so, like, it, totally it does works. work. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm pretty I sure, would... like, and that's something that we talked about a bit before the show, right? Like, mm-hmm. did it, did she, like, totally stop drinking? Because I think it was implied with her, like, them, like, kissing in the like front yard and like before when she's like meeting people and she's not all sweaty and like ragged anymore you know and she like they like show her stick her hand out to like shake someone's hand or take some food or something and it's like not shaking like you would expect someone going through withdrawal Mm -hmm. but you know i think it was pretty heavily implied that like basically as soon as phil died that's she was just like okay like i don't have to drink anymore i'm happy (laughs) yeah because he was her only source of like stress Slash, I mean, obviously her husband should have, like, been around for her. Uh, yeah. But even she, I think, even, like, her character didn't pick up on that that was even an option, right? Because mm-hmm. I think a- at the time, like, the very concept of, like, it is 1925 and I wish my husband was here for me more was, like... It's one of those things where it might not even been on, like, on the table in her brain, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, and that's where, like, I I was looking at the end of this. I was like, a lot of this is George's fault. And she's just cool with it. Like, he's the one that puts all that pressure on her to be playing the piano in the first place and, like, put on this sort of host show that she is not comfortable with or prepared for. And Phil is the one who, who uses that to, like, really push her buttons and torture her. But, yeah. like, George isn't going to, he's not going to stop doing that. That's the thing. It's like, it, the issues are not entirely solved. And a lot of oh, her issues all. with Phil were things that George did that she projected onto him as, like, entirely his fault. Mm. Um, which is, yeah, Definitely. like you said, and like, it's the, the yeah. George, the straight white guy, is getting away with everything. And we are seeing this, this 1925 thing where we're sitting here, like what the fuck is wrong with you? Like acknowledge that <laughs> a lot of this is your husband's fault. And like, you should yeah. be better, but like that, or maybe like, that's just not an option, baby. Yeah. Or, or maybe don't put your wife in a house with a guy who like, you know, hates her and is just Fair. like audibly like, I, I don't like your wife. You, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Makes it very I can't clear imagine, that, like he's not down for this. Yeah, I can't imagine like moving my loved one into house, be like, oh yeah, here's like my sibling. He hates your guts and is going to be mean to you every day. Goodbye. I'm gonna- yeah. <laughs> That's insane, you know? Like, Yeah, like before George ever even marries her, Phil's like, I am going to be a dick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I am telling I you. <laughs> this is the one statement of intent in the whole movie is he's like, I am going to cause problems on purpose. Yeah, right? It's like, stand up to your brother, you know, like, have uh-huh. some backbone. Which, like, you know, his character is, hey, he has no backbone, right? But, like, mm-hmm. he, uh, you know, like, fight for your wife a little bit. <laughs> Come yeah. on now. And it's like, of all of these terrible people... You should have slapped him it... in the face at the Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there we, we did it. <laughs> We're tying it all together. George should have smacked Phil. He um, should have. It might have saw it, it probably would have it could have helped, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Violence is the answer. Maybe. But that's yeah, like I think George is like on a lot of levels the most detestable character in the oh, movie. I disagree. <laughs> I okay, fair I enough. That. You you could say Phil is, or maybe the kid that murdered Phil. I mean they're all a lot bad. of detestable people, but they're like, all yeah, they're all like really terrible. Yeah. But know. like George uh, is just so spineless and refuses to confront anything even when phil is like screaming at him after uh after rose passes out and like the hides are gone or whatever he's like your wife is an alcoholic (laughs) she is causing problems even if the problems are like kind of frivolous with my hides that i was gonna light on fire (laughs) how am i gonna impress this boy (laughs) yeah how am i going to impress her child by making him a rope (laughs) um but like he is right. Rose is an alcoholic. George knows, and he just will not 
admit it or try to help her or do anything. He's like, oh, she's unwell. <laughs> she needs yeah, to rest. Like, he is not going to make any effort to get her to stop drinking. Yeah, it's like damage never through, gonna do through like inaction, right? Like his complacency mm-hmm. is causing a lot of... Uh, about as many... Pro- you know, it's not even worth really adding it up, right? About as many problems as any other character, right? Like, he's... Yeah. And, and he like, is far from innocent in this. Mm-hmm. And he knows before this too, right? You don't share a bed with someone and not realize they're a fucking alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're kind of smelling at least. And he just, it will not do anything. But also, you know, knows that... that That's the thing. It's like the, the one thing he does that is like an action to protect his wife is marry her and then put her in a room in a building with this guy full time. <laughs> yeah. He kind and of like, just made it worse. Yeah, and like almost ruined her life cuz she was doing okay uh, before. <laughs> she was fine. Like, she had a successful it, restaurant. <laughs> yeah, and like the, the thing that makes me think that like Phil is worse is that he uh, also knew that she was an alcoholic and was like, it's I'm true. going to keep making her do this and like torture her as she's like sneaking drinks outside and stuff like that's he fair. egged it on on purpose. Like, that's what it, it's so gross that he's even like yelling at it, like, she's an alcoholic, you know, she's like messing stuff up because she's drinking so much. And it's like, why is she drinking so much, Phil? I don't mm-hmm. care how much you miss your boyfriend, okay? <laughs> You're being a real asshole right now. <laughs> you You're can't torture people until they die. <laughs> yeah, I don't care how horny you are. You can't do this. <laughs> like, uh, this isn't okay. <laughs> just go hold the, the, fucking towel or whatever the hell it was you have and jerk off in the river. It's fine. You're allowed to do that. Yeah, that's fine. No one is stopping you. (laughs) That looked fun, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Probably get a weird UTI, but like... Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why he's mad. He's like... (laughs) He never watches that thing. Oh. Uh. Mm. He doesn't... He only bathes in like that lake or whatever. Yeah. Can't be the most sanitary. Granted, I guess we as a species did that for millions of years, but yeah. Yeah, and our life expectancy was like twenty years. So. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it wasn't working, was it? <laughs> yeah, the uh, dude got a cut on his hand and died for <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing. He wouldn't have died if the guy didn't, if the kid didn't give him the anthrax rope. That's true. He gave him the anthrax rope, which I didn't know was a thing. I learned a little bit about anthrax. Man, this is such a park. Park would know. I miss him. (laughs) He would know all about how anthrax works. He would. (laughs) Yeah, they said anthrax. I was like, what is it? Two thousand two. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, it's in an envelope. Yeah, you got it in in your mail. mail. The CIA sent it to him. Ah, <laughs> uh, they do love to recruit children. There were only two so- two sources that could have come. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is a different show. <laughs> oh man. Well, that okay. I I think perhaps we should talk about the ending a little bit here since we're on yeah. the topic. Because the fun part. so you think that the Peter basically definitely killed him on purpose. I think I think it's maybe yeah. supposed to be a little bit ambiguous, but I am strongly leaning towards he killed him on purpose. I think what sort of like clues me in to cuz I I would have thought it was it could have gone either way if it wasn't for like a couple scenes. I think one was when he like him finding his him being peter like finding his mom like drunk and like falling all over like he and then later on even says like i know she's an alcoholic like he is aware of like her drinking and he also like knows how mean uh phil has been Mm -hmm. and like knows how much the mom is like distressed about phil right and then after he dies and he sees like his mother and you know stepfather uh like kissing in the front lawn he like turns around and has a little smirk like maybe the first smile we see out of him right mm-hmm. makes me think like 
oh, he meant for this to happen, or at least is happy about it, right? Yeah. Uh, because like he's, I mean, he, you know, he's he's a smart kid. He's a uh, He's always in his medical textbooks or whatever, right? Uh, so, like, him offering the diseased, like, rope or whatever, when he, like, saw that he had a cut on his hand, it's like, hmm. I don't know. Everything about this kid points to, like, serial killer, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, that's... and I feel like the movie does that on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm not sure how premeditated... It was because, like, mm-hmm. on the one hand, he had cut that dead, diseased animal up into strips of rawhide. He had the anthrax-infested rawhide ready to go. Yeah. But he didn't know that the thing with the pelts was going to happen and that uh, his mom was going to give all of the hides away. True. It was almost like a crime of opportunity or something. Yeah. I so I don't know, maybe he was going to offer them anyways, like, oh, I cut some up for you here. Don't you want to use these? Maybe they were just for his medical studies and he saw an opportunity. Yeah. We don't really know. And maybe he I mean, like, I think the it the chance still is there that it was a total accident he like doesn't even know what like like anthrax is you know like he doesn't know that you could get diseases from like dead animals and he you know yeah just gave it to him and it was all an accident and he doesn't even know that he killed him uh-huh right uh i think there's could basically zero percent chance of that though right but yeah so- like it I mean, that's not very uh, I, like that could be the ending but like what are we doing here <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> yeah if that's the case why why is that the movie and plus like he's doing the medical studies and i think he i think phil talks to him about anthrax at one point i think so i i think anthrax comes up more than once yeah they and i think one of the conversations is with peter i don't remember exactly but that's the thing i I'm a little bit interested to rewatch this movie purely to see like how many pieces are there and do I come to a different conclusion. Yeah, I could see my opinion changing on a rewatch just because there are this movie has so much of just like a little a little bit of acting, you know, just a look between characters implies a whole lot in each scene. Mm-hmm. Like all the actors killed it in my opinion, and like that, I could see having missed something, maybe because I was on my phone a lot, because the movie is a little boring at times. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm probably not going to rewatch it, honestly, but, you know, yeah, probably I probably won't re-watch. anytime soon, but I don't know. Hey, if there's any single uh, cinema buffs out there that haven't seen this yet and you want to watch it, yeah, hit me up, but... <laughs> uh. He's right here doing a podcast with oh. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! But yeah, I the movie is, is such a good. It does the whole show don't tell thing very well. Like we said, nobody oh, yeah. is ever there's stating no no intent. Yeah, there's no telling at all. <laughs> <laughs> you entirely have to just you have pick no up, idea what's like, going on <laughs> yeah. all, all you have is the actions and it is up to you to to pick up did they do this thing on purpose or what was their goal with this thing they were doing like we said like i maybe maybe benedict cumberbatch is just being very uh you know friendly and trying to be a mentor Maybe, but probably <laughs> Maybe. not. It's possible, you know, That's like, read. it is, you know, while it is totally possible for uh, a gay man to mentor a child without grooming him, it happens all the time. Uh, in this movie, there's a lot of shots that uh, don't don't say that. <laughs> they say the other thing, that he's grooming this kid. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's like... Th- he invites him to watch him like tie the rope all night 
Yeah. Like, he's like, come watch me do it. Like, what is happening? <laughs> it's, yeah, that and, like, the, like, Peter rolling up the cigarette and then sharing it. Like, it's a very, it's a horny scene. <laughs> yeah, which, and, like, looking back at it, once you find out that uh, he dies from this scene, it's, like, how incredibly sinister that is that, like, because that's a big question that's a big question for me right it's like how like is peter reciprocating at all like is he into phil in any way or is it purely just like don't fuck with my mom i'm gonna kill your ass and like i'm going to bait this jeffrey epstein type character into dying (laughs) trying to like it's why i don't know like oh it what a movie man (laughs) it's it's really interesting and that Part of what is interesting is, like we said, none of the characters have all of the pieces to come to the same conclusions we are. The only the per- only person who's close, really, is Peter. Um, well, yeah, because he killed him. Yeah, because <laughs> he, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I, I don't know if Peter... Because the thing is, when... The thing that George does that starts the spiral with the the piano shit peter's not there he's at boarding school he yeah. missed the the thing that is like probably the most insensitive action that george takes towards his mom hmm. so is he happy that she's just with george now at the end because he he doesn't know that like he's also part of the problem yeah I, maybe dude <laughs> I is it, it's certainly maybe things will be better for her, but like they're not going to be perfect. I don't know if they're ever going to be good. Yeah, it's it definitely leaves room and room for a sequel. There we go. He's <laughs> power of the dog too. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth uh, style trilogy about Peter murdering people. <laughs> exactly. Peter is He's an adult now, George. so we're we're moving away from any weird plot lines in the first one. Okay. <laughs> moving on. Moving away from that. Uh, but no, I see. I think that Peter is. Uh, I, th- I think it's easy to like think that he has. Like, he, like, doesn't pick up on what's going on. But I think his character is actually, like, pretty emotionally intelligent. Uh, He's just, like, he's a weirdo, you know? But, like, he is pretty, like, he knows what's going on, right? He knows when people are making fun of him. Mm -hmm. He picked up on his mom being an alcoholic right away. Like, he can read interpersonal relationships pretty well, I think. It's just, like people don't like him because he's weird (laughs) he's just an off-putting guy he's just it it doesn't help that he has this like i don't know man that haircut's doing him no favors i didn't know that they people had haircuts like that back then i thought i thought that was like only sort of like basement nazis in like 2002 (laughs) (laughs) but well you know all they had was the bowl in montana there's no barber there i guess so uh man well i i don't know how much else i have to say other than like 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 we said this was not always the most thrilling movie throughout its entire runtime but i think it's one of the most interesting that i've watched recently the way i think the way it's constructed is super cool and a lot of other movies can learn a lot from it. I agree. Yeah. I think it's, I think the writing is like incredibly tight. Like everything mm-hmm. once again, you know, it's, I think it's a really well-written movie, well-acted. Uh, <laughs> I, I can never buy Benedict Cumberbatch as a American cowboy. I just couldn't, I just, <laughs> his cheekbones are too fancy. He He's, mm-hmm. he's a rich British guy through and through, uh. you know, but well, that's, that's not really what he fault. is in this movie too, though he's well, he's not a British guy, but he's a rich American guy that is sort of playing yeah, that's cowboy, true. pretending. So I, I guess that sort of works then, yeah. you know. Uh, and oh, I did look up one thing. I almost forgot that about uh-huh. like the power of the dog. You know, like 
what is that? What the hell does yeah. that mean? You know, because it, it's like a Bible verse or something. Uh, uh-huh. And so, so the director had at least an answer for, like, what she meant by that. <laughs> I like the power of the dog. Uh-huh. And her uh, take on it, I guess, is uh, that it's, like, the urges we feel that can, like, that, like, we can't act on. That, like, if we acted on this urge, it would, like, ruin our life or whatever. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, I guess that, like, happens in the movie to some extent. I, I sp- Specifically between like phil and peter and i guess that could maybe imply that like phil was trying to resist the pull of uh, statutory rape i don't know (laughs) like Uh it's like what are this is why i don't look up what directors say because it's like uh, kind of (laughs) yeah i don't know that that makes anything better (laughs) no i agree that that to me implies that phil was never going to act on it beyond extremely sweaty rope pulling (laughs) <laughs> uh, i don't know well, well well the thing is like i mean the movie also has <laughs> uh peter's urge to kill which he totally acts on he you, you know, know so it's fair enough i don't know yeah that's interesting i do i mean like we said i i think you can read whatever you want into how far phil was willing to take it but like there was there was some level of impropriety there certainly (laughs) for sure (laughs) yeah Uh, all right uh, yeah i don't i i I think overall if we want are we doing recommendations i guess sort of sure why not yeah it's uh we're looking all all the characters are like really deeply written and we've kind of gone back and forth as to like what they're motivations are and if but if you're into sort of a slow burn very character driven uh drama it doesn't feel much like a western really just sort of a drama period piece thing mm-hmm. uh go for that if you if you want to watch the the cat and mouse game between benedict <laughs> cumberbatch and this weird boy uh there's that too just if you want to see maybe the weirdest plot line i have ever witnessed which might be an accident i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I think it's more of a period drama, but about 1925 America instead of mm-hmm. Victorian England, like these things usually are. Yeah, it's it's much more that than it is a western. Definitely, the western is an aesthetic. But yeah, I I, I think this is like a book club ass movie. Like this is, yeah, you'll it's have a better time if you have it. a. You have a podcast. Yeah. To talk about. If you do a movie podcast, this will give you something to talk about. Yeah. If you don't, like, I don't know, like, start one. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- this is a great movie to watch and then talk to some other nerds about. I would have gone crazy if I had to just like watch it and sit with it myself. <laughs> so I'm I glad know. I watched it in this context. Could you imagine like watching this on like a first date with someone? Oh, that would be terrible. <laughs> it's like, was he gonna? Do you think? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to talk about this day one. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't uh, don't do that. This is not a Netflix and chill movie. <laughs> really, is not <laughs> unless you know exactly what's up. Uh, <laughs> but I can't imagine that this would be setting the appropriate mood for any sort of day. <laughs> atrocious vibes i can't stress it enough <laughs> uh, i do we didn't talk about the the vibes movie thing that much but i stand by it it's a it's a vibes movie about vibes that are terrible <laughs> about how shitty it was to exist in 1925 just awful for everyone but george who is having a great time <laughs> <laughs> and also everything is his fault <laughs> well uh... all right <laughs> That's the power of the dog. Uh, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, new episodes every Thursday. Next week will be uh, 2012 Dread. Is that Dread or Judge Dread? <laughs> Wait, I'm not is looking... that what he picked? Yeah, he did. It's he posted it in Discord. I'm not looking at it right now. I'm looking oh at the, my God. the camera. I'm, but I'm, uh, I'm mad it's at the 2012 talking. one. <laughs> Yeehaw. Uh.
anyways, find us on all the stuff at Chump Cuts Pod. Park on Instagram at Summer Hour underscore Brewing. Will on Twitter at Will Post Words. Me on Twitter at Charlie B Post. Uh, oh, Will is also on YouTube at Will Johnson. That I believe covers it. We will see you so. next time with Dread or Judge Dread, whatever it's called, the 2012 one. Okay, thanks. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>